0: Well, how are you today? Are you glad to be at Faith Promise this weekend? I'll tell you, it is a great time to be at Faith Promise at all of our campuses, whether you are here at our Pellissippi campus or any of our other ones, Blunt County, which I'm a little fond of at this moment. Uh, uh, if you're at our Anderson County campus or our Campbell County, or if you're online, all of our campuses, even in Costa Rica, we are so thrilled that you are with us this weekend. And we're excited about what God is going to do uh, here with us this weekend. We're continuing in our series in Colossians called Rooted. As we're studying through the book of Colossians, this summer to see what God has for us. And we're going to pick up again in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up there. We're going to be hanging out there uh, this weekend for a little bit. But let's pray. Let's uh, get into what God wants to say to us this weekend through his word. God, we we so do not deserve your love. We so do not deserve your grace and your mercy that you so freely show to us. But tonight what we just want to say is thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you, you show mercy and you show grace towards people who continually time and time again turn their back on you, who uh, are much like your children in Israel, who ran to other gods, who ran to other things. Instead of staying focused on you after seeing your power on display, time and time again, they continually turn their back. And God, that is so often true of our lives. God, we do not deserve your grace and your mercy, yet you have freely given it to us. And so tonight as we approach your word, today as we approach your word, recognizing that the only way we can is through grace, we humbly ask that you would speak to us, that you would change us, that you would reveal truth, that you would show places in our our lives that we need to apply this truth so that we look more and more like you so that we can reflect your your truth and your word and the gospel of Jesus Christ more accurately in the places that you have put us. So we ask you to speak in Jesus' name, amen. This weekend, can we just be honest? I know a lot of times we come to church and we put up a, a, an image in a front and we like people to think things about us. We like to act like we have everything together, but this weekend, can we just all get real and gut level honest? Can we do that? Is that too much to ask? Um, let's just be honest that for most of us in this room, what people wear matters, Right? What someone wears speaks volumes to you about who they are. Now, there are a couple of people that are rare exceptions to this, and they could completely, I mean, you could be naked and they wouldn't care, right? And there are a few people that the outward appearance doesn't matter. For the rest of us who are evil, you know, humans, right? Appearances matter, and we make judgments about who people are. We decide who people are based on how they present them and the clothes that they wear, right? So, what you wear lets people know a lot about who you are. In fact, it almost it becomes, it starts to establish your identity in their mind. So, you go to lunch and you see a man hanging out, eating lunch, dressed in something like this, you're gonna think, wow, this is a successful guy sharp-dressed, got it together, maybe uh, pretty smart, maybe a CEO, someone who's got a high-paying job, a good life. Man, I'd like to meet that guy and be friends with him, right? Or maybe you see someone who's eating lunch, hanging out, wearing, a you know, A hoodie and a t-shirt you go man maybe they're a bum right maybe they you know are in their eighth year of college and they still haven't figured out what God is doing in their life and what he wants them to do man we make these these judgments or maybe you see someone who's wearing something like this and you go man that is a sport fanatic and a sport fanatic with great and fine taste in football teams amen amen Wait, oh, I forgot where I am. This is in Alabama. Let's go put it back, right? All right, so we make judgments. We, 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 we make ideas and thoughts about who someone is based on their clothes. Someone's appearance, someone's clothes tells us a lot about who they are and forms our, our identity of them in our mind. And today what I want to challenge you with is this. The spiritual clothes that you and I choose to wear on a daily basis, say a lot about who we are. And even bigger than that, say a lot about who our God is and his desire for other people's lives. The spiritual clothes that we choose to clothe ourselves and walk around in speak volumes as to who we are and who our God is. And that's why Paul in Colossians 3 begins to talk about the clothes that we wear around. The spiritual clothes that we choose to dress ourselves in and and to walk around in. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you are following along if not it will be on the screens behind me. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Now let me stop. We have been talking the first two chapters about the supremacy of of Christ, right? We've been talking about how he is supreme, how he is before all all other things. He gets first place. He comes above everything else in life. He is supreme, right? We've been unpacking this the past few weeks. And now Paul is going to begin to turn a corner. See, this has been directed at all people up until this time. So we talk about the supremacy of Christ, that he is first place. Paul is talking to everyone at this point. But then Paul turns a corner. In some translations it says, if you have been raised to a new life. And what Paul is doing is he's transitioning his thought. He's transitioning his teaching to those who identify themselves as Christ followers. He says, if you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities in heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not of the things of earth. For you have died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Paul says, here's the reality is, listen, you are not who you used to be. Jesus has raised you to a new life. And here's the reality is that old life has gone and there is a new life that you are called to live. There is a new life that you are called to live out that looks different than who you were before. Paul says, there's the old self. And then there is the new self, right? There's the old self, who you were before Christ. And now there's a new set, uh, a new self, a whole new set of clothes that you're called to put on that are the clothes of Christ that you're called to wear. They're the clothes we wore before we met Christ. And they look something like this. Anger. The anger and the rage that is in us, right? Clothes we wore before Christ or maybe sexual immorality. He lists it there in this list that he goes on to define in the next few verses. Or maybe maybe it's dirty language and the filthy talk that comes out of your mouth, right? These were the clothes that we wore before we met Christ. This was our identity before Christ raised us to a new life. Greed, the desire for things that are not ours and to, to acquire more and more wealth. These were the clothes. These were the things that we dressed ourselves in before Christ. And the sad reality this weekend is this is that a lot of us in the church have been raised to a new life in Christ, amen? We have tasted that, that, that Jesus is good. We have experienced his grace and his mercy and we have seen and heard the new life that he promised us to have, but yet we continually run back and we pull these clothes out of the closet and we put them on and we choose to wear them and walk around in this new life wearing these same dirty old clothes that Jesus set us free from. See, we have a choice. We can choose to continue to wear these. Or we can wear the clothes of Christ that Pastor Josh is going to unpack for us next week. We can choose to put on the clothes of Christ. But here, Paul is clear that you can't put the clothes of Christ on until you take off the old clothes. He goes on, Colossians chapter, uh, 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 Colossians, whoa, chapter 5, there we go, chapter 5, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. He says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Paul says, yes, Jesus has raised you to a new life. Yes, he has bought a new life for you, but yet this old life still lurks around within you. It still tries to pull you away. And he says, put to death this old sinful life lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Paul says, Jesus has raised you to a new life, yet your old clothes are still there and you have a choice. You can put them on and continue to look like you did before Christ. Or you can clothe yourself in the clothes of Christ. And Paul is emphatically clear that he tells us we're not just to take off the old clothes. But he uses a unique word. The word in Greek is, is this word is Necrao, which is a military term. It's a, it's a term used in battle. When you were told to go out and to slay the enemy, this is the word that would have been used. It's a military term that means to slay to death, to kill something. And Paul says, you're not just to take off your old self. You're not just supposed to take that off. You're to slay it. You are to daily kill, destroy with all the passion you can. See, when you're in battle and you go out to face an enemy, you don't go out without a plan, right? Or you're screwed. You don't go out just hoping things work out in in, in your favor, right? No, you go out, you have a plan, you have strategized the best way to defeat your enemy and you go out, you have a plan, a purpose, and you execute it with all the passion, with all the energy and every ounce of fight that you have within you. And Paul says the same is true when it comes to our old self. We have to learn to slay, destroy our old self, to violently murder that which was true of us before. Why? Colossians chapter 7. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now it's time to get rid of anger, to get rid of rage, of malice, behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful self and its wicked deeds. Paul says you strip these things off. These things used to be true of you. They're not true of you anymore. That's not your identity anymore. Your identity is Christ. And with that comes a whole new set of clothes to clothe yourself in. We have a three-year-old little girl. Love her. She is full of personality. and The older she gets, the more personality she gets. But I just have to admit, not only are we blessed because we have Elan, we've been blessed to have avoided this whole f- craziness that's called frozen, right? Anybody out there understand what frozen is? So I need to explain this. To you. All right, and most of us know it, right? So we have avoided this until about a month and a half ago. When the loving Mimi heard about Frozen and decided that our daughter needed the Frozen DVD, Frozen pajamas, all the Frozen dolls plus action figures. She needed the Frozen sing-along uh, disc uh, DVD just in case the movie wasn't enough and the soundtrack to go in our car. Amen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mimi's in the audience, let me remind you of something. Those grandkids that you buy the annoying toys for, Right about the time you're going in your nursing home, (laughs) they're not gonna be a part of that selection process, okay? We're gonna be making that decision, all right? So let me just remind you that mommy and daddy are the ones deciding who's wiping your butt whenever you're in the nursing home, okay? And so the next time you go to pick out a toy, all right? And it's annoying, I want you to think in your head, what kind of dessert do I want when I'm in the nursing home? (laughs) Chocolate molten lava cake or fruit suspended in Jello. All right? Because if you keep on with the gifts, you're getting in a bad one, all right? So we've got the Frozen D song, uh, CD. It's in the car. I've listened to Let It Go 500 times. Her favorite song is Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And after 20 times of listening to Do You Want to Build a Snowman on the way to Myrtle Beach just a couple of weeks ago, I was done, right? And I just hit it and said, it, it's done. Turned it off. My little three-year-old in the back seat goes, why? Right? <laughs> and I had that moment that I swore I would never have as a parent where I said, because I said so. Right? <laughs> because there was no good reason. The only reason was I'm tired of hearing this song. I do not want to build a snowman. All right? it's that right? I'm done. I don't want to listen to it. But she's not going to understand it. And that just came out of my mouth. Right? See, just like my daughter. He wants to know why. I think the question we would have today for Paul is this. Why should we worry with taking off our old clothes? Why should we worry about trying to get rid of greed and and sexual immorality in our life and lust and and filthy language and all the things that he listed on that list? Why? What, What are the reasons that we should worry with that, that we should put ourselves through that. Hey, didn't Jesus die on the cross? Hasn't he shown us grace? Hasn't he paid for that? So does it really matter? I think there's a couple of reasons why Paul tells us that we need to take off those old clothes. The first one is this. It's because what will happen when we choose to continue to put on the clothes of who we were before Christ? It's because of what will happen in our lives when we choose to continue to put on the clothes of who we were before Christ. See, when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, here's what we know. is that Jesus gave us a new heart. Amen. Are we thankful for that this weekend? Jesus gave us a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you, and I'll take out your old stony and stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Right And in here, God is painting the picture for us of when we become a believer that he removes that old callous, hard, hateful heart that is hard to hear the voice of God and doesn't understand the things of God. And he puts a tender, soft, compassionate heart within us that is tender and sensitive to the things of God. But not only does God give us a new heart, he goes on and Paul tells us in Ephesians 1.13 that he puts his Holy Spirit to live within us. And now you Gentiles, Ephesians 1.13, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own, giving you the Holy Spirit whom he has promised long ago. Let me just stop here. If anyone's ever struggled with, am I saved? Am I I going to heaven? Do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Let me tell you something. Here's how you know, is the Holy Spirit living within you? Because if the Holy Spirit isn't living within you, Paul says in Romans 8-9 that you're you're not a Christ follower. Because Romans 8-9 says you're not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You're controlled by the Spirit of God living in you. Remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him. That if we're a Christ follower, he's given us a new heart and he has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us. And here's what that means. We now have a brand new ability. We have been equipped with a heart that is sensitive to God and we have been now empowered by the Holy Spirit to live for him. Amen. We have been equipped and we have been empowered. And listen... I love when Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10:13 that you know what God won't tempt you beyond what you can bear. And I know what we begin to think when we hear that passage, oh, God must be up in heaven going, man, oh, I better be careful. Don't throw that one at them today. They're not strong enough to handle it today, right? And it's not like God's in heaven sitting there going, oh, oh, dude, Alex on the beach, man. He's not going to be able to, you know, withstand the temptation of that hot girl. Holy Spirit, get down there and take her out, right? He can't withstand. No, That's not what God's doing. That's not what God's doing. I think we got to look at that verse differently. Because if you've been given a new heart, has anyone been given a new heart out there? Anybody? Has anybody got the Holy Spirit living in you, empowering you to live for God? Then here's what I believe. There's no temptation that you can't get out of. There's no situation that you'll find yourself in that through the new heart that Christ has given you and the Holy Spirit living in you that you can't flee from, that you can't escape from, that you can't get out of. It's is new life that Christ died on the cross for you and I to have. And so what a slap in the face it is to Christ. When we take that new life and we reach back into our closet and we pull out the old clothes of who we were and choose to put them on and wear them around. Because he has set us free from that. And he's given us a new heart to love God. And he has put his Holy Spirit in us to lead us out of any situation that would try to pull us back into that. So why would we walk back into it? See, I believe that when we put the old clothes on of who we used to be, it vandalizes the name of God. It vandalizes and, and it, it blacks the eye of what Christ did on the cross for us, right? It, 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 it destroys the, the work and the beauty of what Christ has done for us to go back and pull these things back out and try to wear them around. See, we're building a house right now. It'll be done in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks. And I just have to make a confession. I'll learn through this process. The secret to being happy myself is to say, yes, honey, all right, to everything, right? She goes, what do you think about this? Yes, honey. That is, I mean, hey, it's what you want, right? She's got white cabinets, white countertops, white walls, white, you know, couch, white, everything's white in this house, right? I'm scared to live in it whenever we move in, all right? Now, let's just suppose when we get ready to move into this house, you feel like, hey, you know what? I love Matt and I love his wife and his family. And you know what? I just want to pay for this house for them, right? And if the Holy Spirit's moving in in you right now, I just want to affirm that that's him moving in you right now to do that, all right? But you give that to me as a gift. How offended would you be a couple of months after I move in? If I just let animals all inside, pigs live inside, up on the, you know, the couches and all over the place. And man, we've got animals in their trash everywhere you walked in. Would you be offended at that? Would you be offended if you bought that house and gave it to me as a gift? Man, you would be furious. Why? Because you gave me such a great gift. You gave me this unbelievable gift. And yet I treated it like it was crap. I treated it with disrespect and dishonor. And we do the same thing day after day when we choose to reach back into our closet and pull out the clothes that we once wore before we were Christ in Christ. So I believe one of the reasons Paul tells us we got to learn to shed the clothes of who we were before is because of what it does. And when we put on the clothes of who we were before Christ and we wear them around in this new life, we vandalize the name of Jesus. And we mock and belittle the work that he did on the cross to save us and to raise us to a new life. Another reason why I think Paul tells us that we should take off these these clothes of who we were. The reason we should take off our old self is this. is because of where putting on the old clothes will lead us. Because where putting on those old clothes of who we were will eventually lead us if we're not careful. Because let me ask you a question. At the heart of our flesh is what? Sin. At the heart of our flesh is sin. And the, the, the aim and the desire of our flesh is to do this, is to pull us away from God. It's to pull us away from what God has for us, for his plans and his desires for our life. And if we continue to put our old flesh on, we continue to dress ourselves in the clothes of who we were before Christ and walk around in that. If we are not careful over time, our flesh will pull us away from Christ and it will destroy us. Case in point, there's a fascinating character in scripture. His name is Judas. Judas. And I'm fascinated with Judas because I think here's what we do so often with Judas. We look at Judas and we say, here's a man who is so filled with hate. Man, he was a villain from the beginning, right? We want to we make him out to be the Disney villain, right? Who's evil from the get-go. And I just don't think that was true of Judas. Because this was a man who spent three years of his life with Jesus. He lived with him. He watched Jesus heal people. He sacrificed. He left everything he had. And Another reason why I don't think he was the ultimate villain, but that he truly loved Jesus, is because what did he do when he recognized everything had come and Jesus was crucified? What did he go out and do? He killed himself. See, an evil villain, someone who was just in it for the money, in in it for themselves, they would have just went on with life. But his heart broke And here's why his heart broke. Because when you begin to look at the life of Judas, when you begin to study Judas, what you'll begin to see is that some of the clothes that Judas wore before he met Christ was greed. Some of the other clothes that Judas wore before he met Christ was a desire for power. And Judas... Like many of the other disciples that were with Jesus, misunderstood Jesus time and time again when he talked about establishing his kingdom here on earth. And what Judas and many of the other disciples believed was that was a physical kingdom that Jesus would establish that would be here. And what comes along with the kingdom? Power. Control. Money. Men who were, had no place to lay their head, right? Men who didn't have any, they were always worried about where's our next meal going to come from? They were always in trouble with some kind of authority, some kind of leader, right? They, they were looking at Jesus and hearing him talk about establishing his kingdom here on earth. And they thought that was a physical kingdom. So a lot of people believe that when Judas went and betrayed Jesus, it wasn't because he was a, a hateful villain, he was trying to force Jesus to establish his kingdom now. he's trying to put Jesus into a situation where he was forcing Jesus' hand to, to go ahead and establish his kingdom. And to destroy the Romans and to establish the kingdom of Jesus right here on earth. And one of the things I think that got Judas was this. Is that desire for greed. And desire for money. The desire for power and control time after time where he kept running back and pulling that out of the closet and putting it on eventually led him to a place where he ultimately made choices and decisions that crucified our Savior and destroyed his life. And if you and I are not careful, we're not that much different than Judas. It's just our clothes may look a little different. The clothes that we struggle with putting on maybe look a little different. And if we're not careful, the longer we choose to put those on and clothe ourselves in who we once were before Christ, it eventually will destroy our lives. It eventually will lead us away from Christ and destroy our lives. And it's why Paul says with such passion and with such vigor that, listen, you've got to get violent in slaying who you were. This isn't just about starving out who you were. It's about violently destroying who you once were and the clothes that you were before him. So how do, we, how, how do we battle against our old clothes and our old, our old nature and who we were before Christ? What, what weapons can we use to try to, to die to ourselves to take off who we were before Christ? There's a couple of weapons. And the first one is this, is to dedicate yourself. The first weapon that we can use as we go out and we do battle against our flesh and who we were before Christ to take off who we were so that we can put on the, the clothes of Christ is to dedicate yourself. I love Romans 12.1 says this. Uh, Brothers and sisters, in view of all that we have just shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, dedicated to God and pleasing to him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. What is an appropriate act of worship for you? It's to dedicate yourself to God and his purposes. Amen. It's to devote yourself to what he has for you, not for your own pleasures. Why? Because you were bought with a price. And that was a heavy price. Your life is not your own. So it doesn't matter what you want to do. Dedicate yourself to God. One of the things that I do every, I try to do every morning when I drive in to work is I've, I've said this before on the stage. I've turned the radio off in my car and I'll go through. God, I'm devoted to you today. God, here, here are my, is my mouth. Use my words for your purposes. Here are my hands. Use my hands to do what you want to do. Here are my feet. Take me where you want me to go. And I can tell you something remarkable. From the time I started doing that, I've never sinned again. That was a joke, all right? You can laugh at that, all right? Totally, no, I've, I've botched it and I've blown it and we'll get to what you do next with that, all right? But why is it, why, why, why is it a weapon to devote yourself? Because here. Here's why. Because it's hard to go back and put on the clothes of who you once were when you've already established in your mind and declared in your heart that today is God's and my purpose isn't for me. So who cares that that person jumped in front of me at line at Kroger with five items over the 20 item or less line, right? Why am I angry? It's not about me. We've already devoted ourselves. We've already dedicated ourselves to God and His purposes today. It's hard to reach back in and put on who we once were when we devoted and dedicated ourselves to God for this day. So we dedicate ourselves. It's the first weapon. The second weapon is this, is to rely on grace. Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought close to Him, near to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. What brought you? you near to to God what brought you near to the to to God the blood of Christ it wasn't your works it wasn't your actions it wasn't anything you said it was simply the grace and mercy that Jesus offers to us and so here's what you're going to discover as you start to battle your flesh as daily you start to take off the clothes of who you once were and it's a daily process it's not a one-time deal You daily start to take that off. You daily take those, shed those old clothes because it's not who you are anymore. Here's what you're gonna find as you get better and you get stronger in your walk, pride begins to creep up. Look at me, look how far I've come. And I want you to remember as Paul's words right here, that it's not about your works. It's not about what you've done. It's only by the grace of God that you can even be in a place that you can shed the clothes of who you once were. And here's what I also know to be true. This taking off the clothes of who we once were is a battle. And in a battle, you win sometimes and you lose sometimes. And a lot of times we beat ourselves up and we get down and we get frustrated and go, man, I did it again, man. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I blew it again. And yet what I want you to remind yourself of is this, is that it's not by any works of your own that you are brought near to God. It's simply by the grace of God. Of Jesus, So the second weapon is you rely on grace. You recognize that you're standing before God and your relationship with him is, is strictly through grace, not based on your works so that you don't give an enemy a club to beat you with. And the third weapon that we use in this battle to, to take off the clothes of who we once were is this, is the weapon of ruthlessly remove all pathways. What pathways, Matt? These pathways. See, if you were honest and I were honest, you spent your whole life trying to 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 kill the things you struggle with in your life, right? You guys, you spent your whole life trying to, to slay and destroy lust. Can I just tell you something? You'll never be able to. If you could destroy sin in your life, you don't need Jesus. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross if you could kill your lust, if you could kill your anger, if you could could kill that lying tongue in your mouth. You can't. Here's what you can do. You can remove all the pathways and situations that lead you to it, though. You can remove those things out of your life. What do you mean? I mean this, ladies, if you don't have a happy marriage and you struggle in your marriage with your husband and yet there's that young guy at your job who pays attention to you and laughs at every single thing that you say, that you feel like you're 15 again and in love every time you see him. Here's how you remove the pathway. Quit going to break at the same time he's going. Get that pathway out of there because if you don't, sooner or later, you're gonna walk down it. Men, if you struggle, you struggle with lust and you struggle with pornography and staying up late is a constant constant temptation for you. And that's when you do that. Listen, go to bed when your wife does. Remove the pathway. Get rid of it because it's hard to walk down the pathway if it's gone. Remove the pathway. I had a guy a couple of years ago that I was doing accountability with. He was sharing with me about how his wife owned a business. He worked full time and she had a business. And every morning he would go in and and count the supplies to see what he needed to reorder. And there was this young college girl that had been hired as the manager, and she was always there. And he said, Matt, listen, man, there there's this connection there, and man, I'm struggling. I really need you to pray for me. And I looked at him and said, Man, let me tell you what you gotta do. You gotta quit going and being around her. You may even need to talk to your wife about getting rid of her. What? Yeah, you may need to talk to your wife about getting rid of her. And we began to talk and we began to process and here's where he ultimately ended up. He said, I'm not gonna go in the mornings anymore. I'm gonna wait until after work and I'll stop on my way home from work. Why? Because it was full of people at that time and that girl wasn't there any longer. There was other people there and he could go in, he could do it. And he said, but listen, it is such a struggle. It puts me getting home an hour later I'm up early in the mornings. It doesn't take any more time out of my day to go in the mornings. It's a huge inconvenience for me to go at night. But here's what he discovered. When he removed that pathway, he removed the possibility of walking down it and destroying his life. He removed the opportunities to put the clothes back on of lust and sexual immorality that eventually would have destroyed his life and his marriage and his family. And so we have a choice. Paul says, choose wisely. Take off the clothes of who you once were. Take those clothes off and clothe yourselves in the clothes of Christ." God, I pray for us this weekend. No matter what campus we're at, that we would be men and women who chose to take off the clothes of who we once were and that we would embrace our new identity in Christ. And as we'll discover next weekend, that we would clothe ourselves in the clothes of Christ. That we would not belittle the name of Jesus, that we would not mock what he has done for us on the cross and that we would not position ourselves in a place for for our flesh to pull us away from what you have for us, that we would daily battle our flesh and we would daily take off the clothes of who we once were. Thank you for a new heart. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us, that enables us to walk in that new life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord this weekend. Anybody? All right. As we dismiss, uh, just a reminder that uh, we have pastors and people who would like to pray with you down front. If you would like to pray with someone or talk with someone about something going on in your life, you're more than welcome to come down and do that. As always, back in the uh, lobby, there's our next steps table. Uh, You can find out more information about Faith Promise, how you can get plugged in, how you can take your next step in this family of believers. And just a reminder that next weekend during the 1115 service is our Next Steps class for the Pellissippi campus. If you would like to be a part of that or to sign up, you can go online to faithpromise.org and register for that class, or you can stop by the Next Steps table and they'll be more than happy to register you for that. Be blessed. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next weekend.